Welcome to the Poem of the Week. As you know, poems are patient-oriented evidence that matters. Each week, our poem is intended to help you practice the best, most current medicine by alerting you to studies that could change your practice. As usual, our host this week is National Public Radio's Dr. Michael Wilkes, and he is joined by InfoPoem's senior editor, Dr. Mark Abel. Gentlemen. Thanks, Maggie. Uh, hi, Mark. Uh, how's uh, winter going? Oh, it's uh, it's probably not as bad as it is for some of our listeners, but uh, probably not as good as it is for you. This week, we're going to talk about a, uh, a abstract that generated an enormous amount of attention. It's called the uh, Jupiter Study, and, and you'll uh, talk us through in a moment what the authors fi- found. It's published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Perhaps um, from my perspective, uh, its importance is that it was really covered enormously uh, broadly in the media. It, it is, for me, a classic example of where you know, sort of hype uh, is more about uh, profit-driven research than it is about actual medical aspects. It's a randomized control trial. You'll tell us it's about 18,000 people. But what is not so apparent is that the lead investigator, a guy named Paul Ridker, Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, owns the patent on the $20 test that was used in the study. The study was also funded by AstraZeneca that makes the pill, which is about $3.50 a day, which is about $1,200 a year. So we, again, have to take what uh, they found with a grain of salt. And even then, uh, I think that what they found uh, raises lots of questions. So the study itself asks the clinical question, in patients with low LDL cholesterol but in elevated CRP, is high-dose statin treatment effective to prevent primary cardiovascular disease? What did the authors find, Mark? Well, um, as you said, they looked at folks who had an LDL that was uh, less than 130 and a high-sensitivity CRP over 2.0. They began with 90,000 um, adults, and they looked at men older than 50 and women older than 60, and they screened them, and they excluded most of them because they either had an elevated LDL or they already had a low CRP or they withdrew consent or they were diabetic or hypothyroid or uh, they had pre-existing heart disease or they were taking a statin already. Um, they also excluded anybody with an elevated CK or creatinine or uh, liver enzymes. So of those 90,000, they, they whittled it down that way to 19,000. Those folks were given placebos for four weeks to look at their compliance. And uh, 1,500 of that 19,000 were booted from the study because they didn't take 80% of the study drug, uh, and so they were non-compliant, bad patients. Uh, we can't do that, obviously, and what this will do is make the study drug look more effective than it is in the real world of clinical practice where you can't predict ahead of time who's going to take your drug and who isn't. The remaining 17,800 patients who were about uh, 66 years old on average and 62% male, they were randomized to get Crestor in a high dose, 20 milligrams, or placebo. At the end of the uh, study period, they uh, had an average LDL of 55 compared to 110 in the placebo group, and their CRP was down to 2.0 compared to 3.5 in the control group. So they had planned to do a study of, I think, three years or four years. They stopped it after less than two years um, because they found a statistically significant difference in all-cause mortality. It was a small difference, though. Uh, they had, remember, they had 18,000 patients. The difference was 1.0 versus 1.25 
deaths per 100 patient years. There was a consistent pattern of fewer strokes and MIs, but again, very small differences, about uh, 0.2 per 100 patient years for strokes and the same for uh, MIs. On the other hand, the patients given the Crestor were actually more likely to develop diabetes. There were 270 new cases versus 216. Uh, and interestingly, there was only one case of rhabdomyolysis reported, and that occurred in a patient taking uh, the Crestor. But this is a lot lower than has been reported in other Crestor studies and even in other studies of uh, statins that are that large. I mean, remember, 19,000 people. It's not clear why that was so much lower, but uh, you know, it has to, to raise a red flag that uh, there may have been differences in how they were uh, trying to identify patients with rhabdomyolysis since it was uh, quite different from other studies. So um, in this study uh, of patients with normal LDL and high CRP, this statin did reduce the risk of death over a two-year period with an NNT of about 180. Um, if you look at the cost, though, to do this, I mean, let's start with a group of 2,000 patients. You know, you probably have to, uh, you know, you're spending money because the complexity of visits goes up. You're spending money on the test. You've got additional follow-ups because now you're identifying a cohort of people who have to be uh, followed for their cholesterol and followed for their CRP, uh, so there's additional testing costs. You've got medication that costs 1300 $50 or almost $1,400 a year. So that's over a two-year period, $2,800 a year. Uh, really, uh, you know, if you do a kind of back-of-the-napkin calculation, it's a, almost a million dollars to prevent that one death. So that's a huge cost, and we really, it raises so many questions, like you said. Well, it, it raises questions about, uh, as a society, how much we're going to invest. It, it raises questions. Yeah. You're talking about the benefit costing a million dollars, but uh, if I understood you correctly, you also pointed out that while there was this reduction in, in death, there was a concomitant increase in the number of diabetics. And yeah. what's the cost of, of that if you factor that into this? And, and this is a group of people that are presumably at very low risk to begin with. I read a number needed to treat of 180 as being quite astounding. And again, if I was to ask 180 people in my practice, would they want to take this drug with this minimal benefit at a cost of $1,300 a year, I'd be yeah. very surprised if, I, if many oh, of them were free to do it. Yeah, and you know, that diabetes, that's going to attenuate any long-term benefit, any you know, even longer-term benefit. And you know, would, would high, if, if you do want to do this, would a higher dose of uh, simvastatin do the same thing? Would what about exercise and diet? You know, there's multimodal interventions um, that have shown similar benefits um, in, in patients uh, to compared to this very expensive intervention. And um, it, it just raises so many questions. And uh, you know, unfortunately, in the real world, in practice, what's going to happen is you're going to get these healthy 30-year-olds coming in, and they're going to demand to be screened. And the LDL and probably the guidelines will start saying start at age 40 or whatever. And um, so we'll be screening these young people, and then they're at much lower risk. Remember, the average age of these folks was 66 years. Right. So are we really going to put a 40-year-old on a $1,300 a year drug with an NNT that's probably approaching five or 600? Um, it's craziness. I mean, that, but that's what I'm especially worried about. I mean, this is bad enough if you stick to the original study population, but you know it's going to get expanded in, in real practice, and that's exactly. troubling. 
Excellent uh, review. Uh, thanks, Mark, for taking us through that, uh, that study. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. All right. See you then. That's this week's poem. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to look at this and other recent poems, please go to www.infopoems.com. Please join us again next week for another medical poem.